BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, June 21st starts now. On today's show, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. Monroe Anderson is here for another Monroe Wednesdays. Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and so much more. And if you're looking for columns for Ben Jarofsky, well, you come to the right place, ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. I'll spell that out for you. J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Alito Gate Wednesday, and here's why. Breaking news. About an hour or two before uh, I went on the mic, uh, I saw it in the Washington Post and the New York Times. Man, this story is such a trip. <laughs> uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Sam Alito took a free ride. I'm not talking about the song. I'm talking about a legitimate free ride on a private jet owned by a gazillionaire who had a case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, the <laughs> uh, obvious conflict of interest. I would think that no justice, no judge, even a lowly Cook County judge would know that he or she cannot accept free transport from, I don't have to be a gazillionaire, but in this case, it's a gazillionaire who has a case before the judge. I think even the Cook County judge knows that. Now, I know what you're thinking. You go, wait a minute, Ben. This is an old story. I know I, I know you guys are out there only half following the news. So I know you know about this stuff, but maybe you didn't. Like the details are fuzzy. So yes and no. It is an old story in that it's the same old conflict of interest re- regarding MAGA justices. But it's a different justice. You're thinking of the old story regarding Clarence Thomas. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas who accepted a ride on a billionaire's flight or the billionaire's yacht. And I can't remember, was it the yacht? Was it the flight? Was it the yacht and the flight? Uh, <laughs> uh, and they uh, went to some resort, which was really upscale. And they sat around smoking cigars. That scandal. That was a guy uh, named Harlan Crow who paid for Clarence Thomas and he collected Nazi memorabilia. I always like that part of the story. And then, of course, Clarence Thomas defenders rushed out to say just because the man collects Nazi memorabilia does not make him a Nazi. Just kind of weird. All right. So now we're going to fast forward to Sam Alito. Sam Alito took a flight on a plane owned by a hedge fund gazillionaire named Paul Singer. All right. Uh, And Alito went fishing, went on a fishing expedition. He flew on the plane to a, some fishing lodge and they went fishing with uh, Paul Singer. Okay, so it's different. Thomas sat around. Alito went fishing. Okay, so these are the distinctions between the conflict of interest regarding your Supreme Court justices. Now, that little curious twist in this breaking story, ProPublica broke the story on Sam Alito and Paul Singer uh, as they broke the story on Clarence Thomas and Harlan Crow. Uh, but instead of going to ProPublica with his response, Sam Alito, the Supreme Court Justice, went to the Wall Street Journal's editorial page. And I thought this was pretty interesting. A little twist here. You know, uh, whenever a reporter is doing a story about a subject, if they're a reputable reporter, they will call the subject and go, here's my questions. Would you respond? In this case, the ProPublica sent their questions to Alito on Friday, last Friday, and gave him till Tuesday to respond, which is pretty good. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. He's got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days to respond. 
you know, if it's some sometimes reporter or tribute reporter or black club reporter or reader reporter in the city of Chicago dealing with an ordinary citizen, you got, if you're lucky, you get a day. The old judge gets five days. All right. So the justice, he didn't bother sending his response uh, to ProPublica. What he did was he wrote up a response and sent it to the Wall Street Journal. The editorial page said, submit this as an editorial. And the Wall Street Journal said, yes, boss, because <laughs> the Wall Street Journal editorialists are essentially, I don't know, I was going to say pimps uh, for powerful conservative interests, but that's such a nasty word. How about flax? That's a better word, I think. Flax for powerful uh, interests. Do you think, I'm going to pause, think about this for a moment. We'll bring in Monroe Anderson will be on, and he should be thinking right now, would the Tribune do the same thing? With their editorial, the Tribune editorial board, I think most uh, people in the city of Chicago uh, recognize it as a pretty worthless entity. But would, e- would even they sink so low <laughs> as to like undercut the competition? By the way, no one knows what the hell he's talking about because the story hasn't broken yet. So the guy's writing a response to a story that hasn't broken yet. And by the way, did you read the response? I read the response that he wrote for the Wall Street Journal editorial page. It's like a brief. It's like it's not a column. It's not an editorial. It's literally a legal brief, you know, with like citations, judicial citations. (laughs) How is this adequate? (laughs) How is this acceptable? They're just like, oh, you want us to use our page to screw some journalistic operation? That's a legitimate journalist operation, which is doing what journalists do, which is go out. And dig up news that's relevant, exposing, in this case, a conflict of interest. Just imagine, if you will, if it were a Democratic justice, if it was Kagan or Jackson or Sotomayor who flew on the plane to win fishing. Do you think the Supreme Court's, uh, do you, excuse me, do you think the Wall Street Journal's editorial page would allow itself to be used to write the response before? The article, which will probably go on the front page of the Wall Street Journal in that case. No, I don't think so. They would tell Kagan, go talk to our reporters. Anyway, So they put the response and nobody. So I read the response. So essentially, uh, he flew on the plane. Here was his argument. uh, Judge Alito's argument in defense of being on the plane. He goes, it was a seat that would have otherwise been uh, unoccupied. So therefore, what's the big deal about me taking it? Yeah, it would have been unoccupied because they reserved it for you. Duh. Then he goes, and if I'd gone on a regular airline, flown uh, a regular airline that anybody would have to buy a ticket to, I would probably have to buy a ticket for my security staff. So essentially he's arguing he saved the taxpayers money. So he wants to be thanked, which brings me to question. Was your security staff also on the private plane? Did Singer schlep your security staff as well? The protective marshals? So you're saying there's like three or four seats vacant on that flight? Uh, and uh, and then the, the, the clincher. Uh, he argues that he has no way of knowing uh, that Paul Singer uh, had a case before him because he has thousands and thousands of cases Uh, And he can't be obligated to know every single defendant or plaintiff or appellant or whatever you want to call him uh, involved. Well, I might believe that as a legitimate argument if it wasn't for the fact that Paul Singer uh, is a gazillionaire hedge fund operator who makes a fortune by buying up debt that other countries uh, have incurred uh, and then forcing those countries to pay back the debt generally at a uh, great uh, profit for him. And in this case, the, uh, the, the, the case before the Supreme Court and uh, Justice Alito had to do with Argentina's battle with Paul Singer's hedge fund and other uh, investors who had bought up the debt. And it was publicly known. It was splashed around in the newspapers at the time. So it's kind of a stretch to argue that uh, he did not know that Paul Singer was involved. You know, I just think as a general principle, Supreme Court justices, you should pay your own way. 
You know what I mean? Like when some gazillionaire comes to you and goes, here, fly on my plane to go fish. I don't know. Just pay your own way. By the way, I have to wonder this. Imagine if this case, Alito versus ProPublica, was not decided in the Wall Street Journal's editorial page or not decided on ProPublica or not decided on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post and on Fox TV where everybody's weighing in. Let's say it went into Judge Judy's courtroom or Judge Steve Harvey. He now has a, a judge show on TV. How do you think Judge Judy would rule if she heard that cockamamie excuse from Alito? Well, Your Honor, if they didn't give the seat to me, it would have been unused. And Judge Judy would have said, yeah, it would have been unused because it was reserved for you. And then she would have take that gavel and slam it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've spent 40 years covering Chicago politics. But I got to tell you, man, there are no Chicago politician as crook, crooked and corrupt as many of them may be who are just as openly defiant about the rules and regulations that govern the way they're supposed to behave as MAGA judge justices on the Supreme Court. First, Clarence Thomas, and now Samuel Alito. Rules don't abide to them. Regulations, propriety, out the window. They do what they want, and they claim the right to do whatever they want, no matter what the evidence is. Shame, shame, shame on Judge Alito. All right. And by the way, shame, shame, shame on the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> really showing their true colors in that one. All right, we're going to bring on Monroe Anderson. Uh, he has been around a long, long time, as you know, uh, as a uh, journalist, a columnist for the Tribune, the Sun-Times. He knows the ways of newspapers. So we'll start before we get into the ethics such a word applies to MAGA justices, uh, Monroe. The ethics of the Wall Street Journal really sticking it to ProPublica uh, on behalf of the Supreme Court justice. Isn't that kind of a conflict of interest? Don't you think like an editorial board should let the article run in the competing paper before they weigh in on it, your thoughts. You're the ethicist here. You're the man that I turn to for all ethical quandaries. Go ahead. One word. <laughs> Murdoch. <laughs> for those who don't know, yeah. he owns the Wall Street Journal. Yes. And like Fox News, wow. uh, the Wall Street Journal is part of the fear and smear right-wing uh, propaganda machine. And so if, if, you're, if you are a leader who, who is arguably the most conservative justice mm -hmm. on the Supreme Court, and the other argument would be that is Clarence Thomas. But anyway, um, he's very, very, very right-wing. Yes. And so to make his point, to get his point on, would, would he go to the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal? I mean, the Washington Post? No. <laughs> you go to the journal and its editorial board makes the tribunes look like a bunch of uh, flaming liberals. <laughs> That's how bad it is. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's very close. Yeah, it's just so funny, Monroe. The article had not come out yet. So 99.9% .9 of humanity that is reading that editorial, they have no idea what the editorial response is about because they don't know what he's responding to. The Wall Street Journal turned over its real estate to Alito to respond to an article that had not been published yet. So you're reading that and go. In, 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 in newspaper jargon, that's called a scoop. <laughs> How could it be a scoop if nobody knows what it is? It's well, like that's, what, that's what makes it news. That's what makes it a scoop is that nobody has this but the Wall Street Journal. 
Nobody has the response to a story that has not come out yet, except for the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> hey, I, I'll bet you that'll get you a Pulitzer sometimes. Right. They're like, what's going on, huh? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, you know, the whole MAGA movement thing yeah. is to set up the narration and then and then shoot it out. That's how uh, Trump is president and not Biden. Because oh. they set out the narrative that yeah. Trump is the president, yeah. Biden is a fake. Uh, so, all right, putting aside the lack of the ethics uh, <laughs> or loyalty to the pack displayed by the Wall Street Journal, uh, and uh, it's using their space to undercut the competition and essentially pimp for Judge Alito. Um, what about the ethics? of Judge Alito taking the plane ride. Let's say it was Judge Monroe Anderson and not Judge Judy or Judge Steve Harvey who had to decide on this. Would you buy his argument? His central argument is that if I didn't take that seat, it would have been unoccupied. It would have been unoccupied because it was reserved for you. He he should have used a more um, believable argument. Yeah. And that's that. He only makes $274,000 a year. <laughs> so it would have been a financial burden to fly first class on United. Yeah. Okay. That's his argument. To go fishing. <laughs> right, uh, to go fishing, yeah. yeah. Plus, you know, you got to buy all that expensive fly fishing equipment. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's um, and, and, and judges, Supreme Court judges work so hard. <laughs> they need a break sometimes for oh, <laughs> making all those tough decisions. Yeah, it's so hard. Like, like overturning Roe versus Wade, Wade after 50 years. All right. And, so, and, and he was the main proponent for that. Yes, he was. He's got a very weird sense of the world, uh, Justice Alito. So, all right, here you go. Now, okay, uh, so anyway, as a result of his poor and you you forgot about justice roberts chief justice roberts. yeah what did i forget wife, about him his wife got a five million dollar <laughs> contract oh lord oh, wow <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm looking at joyce going you lazy so-and-so <laughs> you should be out there getting us a five million dollar contract also <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone the other day, uh, and I can't remember who it was. I've had so many conversations along these lines, and it was a Chicago one. And I was saying, you know, I've spent all these years following Cook County politics and Chicago politics and Illinois politics and the ins and outs of the corruption here and dutifully uh, keeping track of who's charged with what and being uh, outraged. I look at the stuff, and by the way, joined in every instance by the Republican Party. I look at the stuff that happens on a routine basis with the Republican Party, not just MAGA, but Supreme Court justices. Right. And just the level of conflict of interest and corruption. Texas politicians. Yes. And just imagine, just imagine if it was a Democrat and the outrage that would be coming from the Wall Street Journal editorial board, the Chicago Tribune editorial board, the Republican Party of Illinois. It's, it's, it's kind of frustrating. It's it a little hard to be as outraged about what goes on in Chicago and Cook County. And then my yeah. listeners go guide me to go, Ben, still be outraged. Be outraged. Okay. <laughs> there, I don't, there's enough outrage to go around, Ben. <laughs> I don't do believe there's a judge in Cook County as blatantly uh, – in violation of conflict of interest as Alito and Thomas. I do not believe, and if there was, that judge would not sit on the bench for, that. there would be a movement to oust that Therein lies the difference. They have jobs for life. Uh, a, a judge in Cook County would not, yeah. does not. And so well, they can do what they want to do. Well, now, there's also... There is a reaction, though. Maybe you've seen this. It's, it's fairly recent. But the Democrats, a group of Democrats, are going to um, put forth a bill calling for the addition of four more Supreme Court justices. Yeah. 
Now, it's not going to get through right now. It's not going to get through the House. It, it won't happen because the Democrats are four uh, representatives short, four or five representatives short of having a majority. Yeah. So they won't get it through the House. But I think it may make some uh, some of the justices nervous in the service. Yeah. Because they can hear the footprints of, of what is to come. And so yeah. they will um, do a better job of um, getting their their bribes and corruption. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be as blatant with it anymore. They, they, they'll tiptoe through, get a, get, a, get a brown paper bag or something. So <laughs> what do you think is worse? Uh, Sam Alito uh, flying on Paul Singer's uh, jet to go fishing. And by the way, then he in, the, in, in his response, he goes, and by the way, it wasn't that fancy of a lodge I was staying in. I just want to say, and the wine, we, yes, we had wine, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a thousand. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was cheap wine. Right. Right. It was uh, Boone's uh, Farm uh, Apple uh, wine. Only a hundred dollars a bottle. <laughs> it was Ripple. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Was it Ripple? Uh, Judge Alito. Uh, so what's worse, that or Clarence Thomas flying with uh, Harlan Crow uh, on Harlan Crow's plane, go hang around smoking cigars? Uh, which one's worse, in your humble opinion? Well, actually, I think Robert's wife getting the five million dollar <laughs> contract, but, but, but okay. But but I, I, you ask a question, let me answer it. Okay. Uh, let me see. Where's my silver dollar? Um, you gotta flip it. I'm gonna flip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. Uh, that is about right. Uh, now that uh, so that's the outrage of the day, ladies and gentlemen. We'll move on from other things. See where this goes. Probably nowhere. Uh, there. Uh, I think that the the main asset uh, that uh, Alito and Thomas have is the blind loyalty of the MAGA cult, uh, who uh, will will never, never, ever retreat uh, from a fellow MAGAite who's uh, uh, under attack, if you will. Uh, and so you could add the Wall Street Journal uh, to that chorus. And there's nothing like that in in Chicago uh, protecting Cook County judges or Democrats. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. like that. It'll be Democrats. Uh, if there was a similar instance, such a blatant conflict of interest uh, regarding a judge here uh, in um uh, Chicago or Illinois it would be Democrats who would be leading the charge uh, to replace that person. So just like to point that out. All right, let's uh, move on. Speaking of Democrats who got in trouble before we get to Donald Trump, Hunter Biden caught a deal with federal prosecutors. Uh, he uh, took the plea. I guess he's going to avoid uh, federal uh, prison time, Monroe, uh, beyond his gun charge. Wow, what a up is down and down is up. They got him on a gun charge uh, because he he lied on a statement uh, regarding uh, his drug addiction when he applied to get a gun. You yes. would think MAGA would be on his side because they're right. against you gun think, regulations. Go uh, ahead. Both ways you think they were on his side. Gun violation and he lied. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 two of the things they they love most. And so what's the problem? Yeah. Oh, he's a Biden. And anything Biden does is wrong. That's that's what the problem is. So what's your assessment of what Hunter Biden did wrong, in your opinion? If his name was Hunter Anderson. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have done anything wrong. They would pay no attention to it. You know, because they they have that 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 law that if you have a gun and um, you're not supposed to do marijuana or any drugs, but that's basically a drug dealer gun runner law. I mean, that's the purpose of it is gives them another way to get at somebody. Uh, they don't bring normal citizens into that at all. 
They just don't because it's too many of your Americans. They, the course would be more jammed um, than with the January 6th investigations. If if they started arresting people who, ha- who had guns and was smoking a marijuana periodically also. Right. Yes, you just got to have bad luck. So, so what what I think happened was that Hunter pled guilty to that, so that it would it would deflate some of the hot air that the right wingers are are, are focusing on him um, to get at his dad. If, 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 if they've been trying to get him for five years. And, and and not been successful. Uh, there's supposedly some tape of him uh, video recording, video uh, audio recording of him um, taking a bribe or offering a bribe, being involved in a bribe. But um, the thing is, when it was time to present it, then um, they couldn't find it. Just like they have some. I, the Republicans just make up stuff yeah. all the time. So do you find yourself when you made that arc, making that argument, realizing that you kind of echo MAGA in their defense of Trump? Or do you say it's a false equivalency? Because MAGA says it's selective prosecution of Donald Trump. Uh, that the Democrats- uh, I, you know, I put it not in what I'm saying, but what I'm charging. It's hypocrisy. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's, it's bald-faced, bold-faced hypocrisy. Uh, just, just like they're charging uh, Biden of using the Department of Justice as a weapon of, of uh, war mm-hmm. against right-wingers. And so their solution that they boldly state is as soon as they get into power and have the chance, they're going to investigate Biden. And in fact, right now, at this minute, very minute, um, Lauren Boebert, a, a representative congressperson from from Colorado, yeah, is going to impeach me as a bill where she's going to impeach Biden. Wow. And you won't know what his crime is. Well, his impeachable fits this. It's dereliction of duty because of the way he's handling the southern border. Yeah. Um, uh, hundreds of, of uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans have died from fentanyl because uh, he 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 didn't keep the drug dealers out. And plus, you have all these. Um, immigrants coming in violating our borders because he hasn't been very good at that. So let's impeach the bastard. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they, they pretty much promised the Republicans, the MAGA uh, Congress people uh, that they would impeach Biden. I'm surprised it took them uh, this long. Let's get back this. uh, This, this is a revelation I had. Uh, about a week ago, and I, I feel compelled to shout it from uh, uh, the rooftops uh, how bizarre and twisted and weird the Republican logic is uh, in the, the accusation that the Justice Department has been weaponized. Um, put aside, of course, the obvious things that it was a grand jury uh, that indicted uh, Trump. It wasn't Joe Biden, even though Republicans constantly say Joe Biden indicted his chief opposition. So follow me on this one, Monroe. Uh, right now, the strategists, the bright minds in the Republican parties are in agreement with the strategists, the bright minds in the Democratic Party. They agree on this point, that the weakest candidate against Joe Biden in the 2024 election is Donald Trump. Right. To, 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 as you always point out, He's never won the popular vote. He lost by a big margin the last time. It was an electoral college landslide. And since then, he's done absolutely nothing 
that would win people over, starting with the insurrection. Well, starting with calling up Georgia. Well, just, you mean of people other than the MAGA? Now. Yeah, you got to get other people than MAGA yeah, to get right. elected. Okay, right. so he's right. done. So if anything, uh, the bright minds, the bright strategists on both sides, the Democrats and Republicans agree that Donald Trump is the weakest candidate. Uh, and that any other candidate pretty much it would do better against Biden than Trump. And yet, MAGA and Trump are asserting, Trump is asserting and MAGA is following along, that the Justice Department, under Biden's direction, has indicted Trump to remove Joe Biden's strongest competition from the 2024 election. I'm like, are you kidding me? Donald Trump is the weakest competition. If anything, Joe Biden would want Donald Trump in the race. I could make a better argument, MAGA, and feel free to use this argument, <laughs> that they are indicting Trump in much the way J.B. Pritzker ran those commercials warning voters about Darren Bailey in 2022. It was to send a mess. It was to inflame MAGA and tell MAGA that Darren Bailey, not Richard Irvin, is their candidate. And it worked. MAGA went nuts for Darren Bailey. They nominated him. And then he got clobbered by Pritzker. So what do we have here? The indictment of Trump has fired up MAGA. They love him more than ever. Right. They're getting ready to renominate him. If you view it that way, then the strategy worked. Joe Biden, if you view it this way as a conspiracy, got the Justice Department to indict Trump in order to get MAGA to be even more loyal to Trump than they already were, to follow Trump off the cliff and thus guaranteeing Joe Biden's election. That makes more sense, Monroe, in my humble opinion, than the conspiracy theory put out by MAGA. Your thoughts? This is the problem. The Democrats haven't recovered from the shell shock of 2016 <laughs> when Trump was a joke yeah. and nobody's taking him seriously, including Trump. Take it, you know. It, it was just a a a a a, a, a little um, hustle he was going to do, a, a little con, you know. Okay, well, more publicity. Um, I ran for president, etc. He didn't expect to win, as as I said many many years ago. I've even said it in a year or two at least. But years ago, I I said um, that. Trump was so unexpected to win the election that he didn't have a victory speech written. And that was just out of the question. So nobody, and I do mean in old body, expected him to win the presidency. So as a result of that, the Democrats' needs are knocking, worried that, oh my God, what if? He pulls a 2016 on us again. Oh, Lord. This is DeSantis instead. Or DeSantis. DeSantis, DeSantis, potato, potato. Dorset, Dorset. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. No, Democrats, you're right. Listen, I don't mind that Democrats are in a state of panic and anxiety, and I know many who are. Uh, and I shared last week's show, uh, we dedicated to one such uh, Democrat who's in a state of, of panic and anxiety. A friend of my wife's worried about the judge uh, in the indictment. <laughs> That's, she's worried about Judge Cannon because uh, she just thinks that Judge Cannon will fix the case for trouble. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I have my theory that yeah. has developed as as a result of her calling for the. Um, case to start yes in two months yeah judge cannon yeah go yeah, ahead yeah. is that she was so embarrassed and because and it's been such a a, a butt of the joke that 
um, being a good MAGA person. She looks out for self first. So it's um, Mr. Ex-President, <laughs> see that bus? You're going under because <laughs> I need to save my, I need to save my dignity and reputation. Everybody's making a joke on how inexperienced and incompetent I am. Yeah. So okay. my theory is that she will run this as best she can uh, to prove that she knows what she's doing, uh, or, or that she's not. She's not like a Sam Alito judge, you know, who uh, is just pimping for the president. Uh, that she's like a legitimate no, judge. Uh, Alito is part of the whole. He, he's one of the leaders. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Major, so she's got to tr- she's yeah. going to distinguish herself from Alito and Thomas. You follow what right, I'm saying? Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, by the way, uh, shout out Mark Wallace, dear friend of the show, good friend of Monroe's. Uh, he, he, he shares the same theories. He predicted from the outset that uh, Judge Kennedy would use this case to prove uh, that she wasn't a Trump flunky, that she was um, not the equivalent of Samuel Alito. Uh, I was going back to the point I was making. Wait, one other quick thing to 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 consider. Yeah, this is going to be history with all caps. This 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 case, and if you're going to have, she's young enough to think about grandchildren, and she does not want her grandchildren being the grandchildren of the woman that screwed up the most important case in American history for its error. Well, you know, I hope you're right. I hope, uh, I hope you and Mark Wallace are correct in your predictions. Uh, we shall see. Uh, you're, I was impressed that uh, she called for, like, let's get this case before us fast. And Trump's like, hold it, hold it. Right, right. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, right. whoa, Nelly. Uh, and, no, and, 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 and that was just a gesture. It was it's not it's not real in that she gave gave um, more time for Trump's lawyers to get um, their um, approval to see these documents. Because they're top secret. Yeah. And so they have to be clear. And it takes it takes more time than the, the date set for the trial. So this was a gesture. It's just not. It won't be in August. The trial will not be in August. No, in I fact, don't. If it, it could be this time next year before yeah, it actually. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I'm aware of that. We'll be talking about this for a while. Uh, I'm going to go back to the point I was making, yeah. uh, having to do with uh, Democrats and Republicans. So, as you pointed out. Democrats have been in a state of anxiety since 2016 when they uh, woke up uh, or went to bed on election, whichever way it was, to the realization that Donald Trump was going to be the president of the United States. Uh, Their worst nightmare was coming true. Uh, And they've been in a state of anxiety ever since. Uh, That's been um, how many years? Let me do the math. Seven years. Wow. Almost right. seven full years, six and a half. And, uh, and they've been they've been anxious for good reason. Yes, absolutely. I'm <laughs> yeah. not. I'm just they're anxious. So I always tell uh, Democrats that I know who are really anxious. And most of these are baby boomers. Uh, you know what? Take that anxiety and put it to good use. You know, go make phone calls. Go make contributions to campaigns. Go knock on doors. Go to Wisconsin. Go to Michigan. Put it to use. Just don't watch MSNBC and fret. You know, take your anxieties and put it to use. Make it, make it work. Make it pay uh, for the Democrats if that's what you're anxious about. Republicans, in con- contrast, they are motivated by fury. They are motivated by anger. So Democrats and, and, have- and grievance. Oh, okay, grievance. And, and grievance. You know. Yeah, fury and anger over their grievance. Right. Perceived exactly. grievance and injustice, which is made up. And I'm watching, and so they're furious all the time. And they're all yelling and denouncing. Right. And Democrats are like in a fetal position. Ah, I'm scared. The judge won't be fair. So, Monroe, that kind of like triggers me in a way. You know what I'm saying? I wish the Democrats were a little more furious like republicans your thoughts yeah no 
the Democrats, I mean, I've, they never cease to amaze me or what wimps they are. You know, for example, on this Hunter Biden case, yeah, the Republicans are out there yelling and screaming and, and pounding on the table about how he got off too easy. Yeah. And in the meantime, the, the well, and I can understand why the president wants to stay out of this. Uh, although he's really pissed off uh, because back in the day when he was senator, you just didn't mess with the children. You kept the family out of this stuff. And the, but this is a new um, practice of the um, new, improved, vicious Republicans. Okay, wait but, a minute. Hold it. He's like fifty-something years old. It's not right. like the Obamas sheltering their two preteens or their teenage daughters. Yeah, but, I mean, but the thing is, he has nothing to do with government or with Biden and what Biden is doing. Okay, but to to get to the point I'm making, go. The Democrats ought to be all over Ivanka and Jared. You know, uh, Jerry got a two billion dollar billion with a B deal with the Saudis. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking about some real corruption. Ivanka uh, got a a bunch of her products um, copyright permission in China. I mean, they have been working this whole being in power thing. Uh, and 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 with with demonstrable uh, advantage, you know, Monroe. I'm going to tell you something right now. Yeah, uh, I agree with you what you're saying, and um, I was listening with interest to Chris Christie, uh, who is running a campaign that I don't think has any chance of winning, but uh, right. blasting Trump. Uh, and he said there are a bunch of grifters, the Trump family he went after the Trump family. OK, right. so he took it in a direction that few Democrats go in because uh, Democrats basically follow Michelle Obama in this case. When they go yeah, uh, low, right. we go high. All right. right. Exactly. Uh, and then I read a, an excellent article. I think it was in The New York Times. Shout out New York Times investigating Chris Christie's conflicts of interest and how he manipulated uh, his governmental ties after he left. Um, uh, his position as governor of New Jersey. And I think this is like the essential point where Trump hits home. Trump is openly taking advantage of every conflict of interest he has. He's trying to leverage every situation he's in to make even more money than he already has, but he's open about it. A guy like Chris Christie denounces Donald Trump as a grifter. And then meanwhile, he spent what, how many years has it been since he was governor of New Jersey, setting up a, a similar grift operation as a consultant, taking advantage of the contacts he had in the Trump administration to work as a lobbyist, et cetera, and so forth. So there's just such a level of corruption right. that's like in our system that it, it just makes people indifferent to a certain degree with Donald Trump. And that's that's scary. So you you, know, you you frequently like to bring Chicago politics into play and and, and make a comparison. Go ahead. Well, this is a grand comparison right there. They they are doing what Chicago does, or Chicago's doing what they did. They do. Oh, anyway, it's corrupt. <laughs> Yeah. And and it's bold face corrupt now. Yes. They used to try and hide it. You know, that uh, Spiro Agnew, it's, it's, this is nothing new. Spiro Agnew was getting brown paper uh, bags delivered <laughs> yeah, when he was vice president oh, in his office. Yes. And yes. in fact, um, this is why they knew they were going to uh, uh, get. Nixon out of there, but they figured out that they needed to get him out first because otherwise they would have had um, a president who was more crooked than the crooked president they were throwing yeah. out. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Uh, that's uh, Spiro Agnew, uh, vice president to Richard Nixon, youngsters uh, uh, from 68 to 73 before he had to step down uh, because of corruption charges. And they essentially, the, the deal he cut, hey, Hunter Biden would have liked this deal. The deal right. he cut uh, was he didn't have to go to prison if he agreed to step down. Right. Uh, and uh, so that's they did. They knew. <laughs> Oh, what a country. They knew Nixon could uh, be forced uh, to step down to impeachment because of the Watergate scandal. So they didn't want the president of the United States to be a man. They had evidence of taking bribes in the White House, being Spear Agnew, getting elevated. So, yeah, uh, I definitely feel we've retreated as a society in terms of what we tolerate. The fact, again, I'll come back to where we started, that Justice Alito think there's nothing wrong with taking uh freebie flights on a private jet from a gazillionaire who has cases before him and pretends as though there's no way in the world he would know that person has cases before him. Uh, and he, uh, he knows better. He's lying. Yes. You know, I remember earlier when I said that um, lying was a, a serious Republican conservative trait. That's what he's doing. He's uh, he know he, he kept it secret. Yeah, he kept it secret. <laughs> and two pro publica was about to blow the whistle on him. Then he ran, ran, ran to his right. little flax at the Wall Street Journal. Right. Uh, <laughs> heck of a job, Wall Street Journal. All right. I um, let's uh, I'm going to play you a little uh, clip uh, from Donald Trump. He gave an interview with Fox. Uh, and this gets into the uh, shout out Delmarie Cobb, the Delmarie Cobb theory. So Delmarie uh, is the one who uh, makes this point when, when she comes. She just made it yesterday when she was on the show, Monroe, uh, that there's a double standard when dealing with the senility or dementia or age of Joe Biden and that of Trump. And as she points out, you can make the argument uh, that Donald Trump is every bit as much mentally vacant as Joe Biden. And yet that is, again, thanks to. Fox and the Wall Street Journal uh, is the central accusation against Joe Biden. He is a figure uh, of mockery on this point. And Donald Trump. Well, let's just listen to this interview with Donald Trump. Producer Chris, play the interview. In 2016, you said that I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous look. We had the best economy we've ever had. This the world time has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, you're Second Defense Secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first Defense Secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House Press Secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milquetoast. And multiple times, you've referred to your Transportation Secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal people in charge of the economy. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, Mattis, it would take three years, and I don't think we can do it. I did it in a period of, like, four weeks. There's a lot of people not, who praise you for your policies. I just said true. that. That's true. Well, I mean, you just went through a list. But don't forget, for everyone you say, I had 10 that love us. I focused on nonviolent crime. As an example, a woman who you know very well was in jail. She had 24 more years to serve. She served for 22 years. She had 24. Alice Johnson. Alice. She was in the Super Bowl. High quality. Oh, yeah. I said, how many years? And she was on a telephone call, and they were involved in selling marijuana, mostly marijuana. And she got like 50 years in jail. But she'd be killed under your plan. Huh? 
as a drug dealer. No, no, no. Under my oh, under that, uh, it would depend on the severity. It would Here depend on the severity. She's technically a former drug dealer. She the she had multi-million dollar cocaine ring. Any said, drug dealer. Look. So even it, Alice Johnson in that ad. It, she can't do it. Okay. By the way, if that was there, no, she wouldn't be killed. It would start as of now. So you wouldn't go to the no, past. No, but your policy. No. no, no. They're starting now. Yeah. So that was an interview, uh, Monroe, that you alerted me to uh, that uh, uh, sit down Donald Trump did the other day with Brett, Brett Baer of Fox. And uh, I got to give Brett Baer credit. He came at him hard. Uh, and oh, so I, I was shocked. Yeah. But what, what that clip exposes is, first of all, how Donald Trump takes a narrative and just completely distorts it. Uh, and then when challenged, he completely falls apart. And uh, he he can't recall like there's certain there's certain like life rafts he clings to uh, when he's doing a narrative that he can go back to at all times. Uh, but when Brett Bear challenged him on it, he didn't know where to go. He was helpless. Because nobody challenges him. Yeah. I mean, he 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 has successfully surrounded himself with yes men and women. So, so, and, and if you do challenge him, you get banished. And, and, and Washington is overcrowded with people who challenged Trump when they were working for him and now are not, did not under his employment anymore and not within his favor. Yeah. Well, this particular issue uh, gets at one of Donald Trump's favorite narratives that he showed compassion when he was the president uh, in matters like uh, Alice Johnson's case. Uh, and he pardoned her, let her out of prison. And then she did show up at the Super Bowl with Trump and became she supported him uh, for uh, president. And he used that. Uh, as- you know, the reason she he, he let her go, which was like t- typical classical Trump. Yes. Is that Kim Kardashian? Yes. Came to him and said, Donald, yeah. Now this woman is is okay. She's one of us. <laughs> a grifter. <laughs> She's not a drug dealer. She's a grifter. Oh, well, we like grifters. We don't like drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So it get, it get, it, 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 it was no, we like drug dealers if they're grifters, okay? I mean, yeah, you know, right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, this is true. Uh, they have and, some redeeming quality. Yeah. So the reality is uh this you, you cannot have a legitimate conversation with Donald Trump on criminal justice or any MAGA person. Uh because now they're all about lock them up, throw throw away the key. You know, uh, every crime committed is a crime against society that breaks and shreds the fabric. So if you're walking down the street smoking a joint, it leads to what? Well, uh, throwing a rock through a window. Yeah. And so and that's that's where the Republican Party is right now. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, you have to look deeper. They also are quite anxious to defund the FBI. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, they're they're anti-crime when it suits them and pro-crime when it suits them. It just depends on if it's them versus the others. Yeah, fair enough. But the others who are viewed as drug dealers, like MAGA doesn't deal drugs, which is kind of a weird thought right there you know like no drug dealer is for no, me they, they use it <laughs> they use it i would not be surprised if a lot of drug dealers are MAGA people uh but yeah, right. okay yeah. uh so yeah. he's got this proposal to execute drug dealers let's execute drug dealers that'll clean it up that'll stop it so the guy points out would you execute alice johnson it's like habit habit and uh but you know MAGA, like the the response that they have, it's like they understand Monroe, like in some level, like what he's saying, and that's good enough. You know what I mean? They understand that point you're making that, oh, I'm just going to round up black people who aren't MAGA supporters. Right. So, and, okay. Yeah, right. And, br- and brown people. Yeah. Black and brown. We, we, uh, 
We're colorblind. But by the way, we're wrong. We don't see brown people as human beings. <laughs> okay, so I want to give a shout out to listener Frank. He sent me this picture, uh, which I hadn't seen. Yeah, I should have sent it to you, Monroe. So you know how when when Donald Trump gives a speech at a rally, there's usually uh, like three black people positioned right behind him, so you could see him on the camera. Yeah, and they were like, "What's a shirt that says?" Like black men for Trump. Yeah, blacks for Trump. Blacks yeah. for Trump. Yeah. yeah. So there was this picture of these ladies, these two white ladies walking down the street wearing a blacks for Trump t-shirt. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> You're white. You can't wear the shirt. It's for black people. <laughs> oh my God, Maggie. Who is who is that white woman? I I can't remember her name during the Obama era who um Said she was a black. Oh, um, Rachel. Um, what's Rachel's last name? Ah, uh, begins with an A. I could see the name. Yeah. Right anyway, yeah, those, yeah. Those were probably her sisters <laughs> or something. <laughs> all in the family. You know, I never. I don't know if we ever had a conversation about her. What was your thoughts about that case? She <laughs> was living the life. Uh, yeah, she claimed she was a black person when, and then her mother outed her. Right? Wasn't it the mother that said no? Yeah, I think so. Right. <laughs> And so, uh, what, uh, when you when that story hit, what were your thoughts about that? Uh, I I can understand it. If 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 I if I was white, I'd be jealous too. <laughs> <laughs> no, serious, serious, seriously, there you know, it's, there are people who have certain fixations, and you know, it's that's just how they are. Or how they want to be, uh, or they're they're nuts. You know, I mean, if we look at Santos right now, he's Jewish. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Santos. Yeah, he's the one. He has. So uh, the woman's name is Rachel Adolazal. I just looked it up, and yeah. that was coming back to me. It's, uh, and it was actually, I think she was outed in the Trump years, not in the the Obama years. Uh, and uh, she was the um, a former leader of the NAACP from Spokane or Spokane, Washington. No, no, you're right. It was 2015. I just looked it up. So uh, you're right. It was during the Obama years. Very bizarre story. Yeah. And uh, George Santos has a very similar attitude about wanting to be Jewish and claiming to be Jewish, uh, even though he's um, not Jewish. All right. We're going to close with a little Chicago talk. Uh, Monroe, we've a lot of talk on this show about the Bears, dedicated pretty much all of yesterday's show to a conversation uh, with Delmarie Cobb, who advanced the argument that the Bears stadium, if they're going to uh, give the Bears a handout to build a stadium, they should build it uh, on the south side of Chicago, uh, the um, South Works, the old steel yard at roughly 83rd uh, and the lake. Big, yeah. a lot of land on the lake, undeveloped. Uh, we require quite a degree of uh, remediation work to dig up uh, the, the concrete poison. that's there. Yeah, the, po- and, and, poison, that's yeah, the poison that's there. So it would be a, a big But it would pack. be a great, it, it would be actually visually better yeah. than a soldier, uh, it's where Soldier Field is now. It would, it would be better than that. It'd have a great view of the city. At the, the cameras, because yeah, that's my concern. Yeah, that's your thing. Yeah, PR, visual, yeah. just superficial visual. Yeah. Like here, Chicago is a beautiful city. It's not. It's it, it, it's not this horrible city that people keep telling you about. It's beautiful. You should come here. You should be here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the uh, the Monroe Anderson plea. That's the argument we've been having for about a year. Yeah. Uh, Monroe will argue that 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 shot alone. Uh, is worth the investment. Uh, and th- you're absolutely correct. If you, anybody goes down to 83rd and the lake, it is a beautiful lakefront uh, vista there. Uh, and y- it's just a different vantage point. So right. Gary's a lot more closer, uh, Monroe's hometown, uh, and the loop's further away, but you can still see the skyscrapers of the loop. You just, when you look, you have to look uh, north to see right. that. Uh, absolutely gorgeous site. And, and and the Bears could have, because the one thing that um, the current location prevents that the Bears want and need is uh, where they could have all this uh, 
sort of a bear's village, a, a bear's Disneyland, where you can yeah. go there any time of the year, and you get bear stuff, but you also can can you know, waterboard or um, if you have affairs, whatever you like, you know, buy 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 clothes, etc. Yeah, where they can make money other ways than than the Just ten before. years or whatever it is. 10 days a year where they yeah. use the, the, the field as a, as a, a studio, TV studio. All right. So I've been uh, reaching out to folks uh, who live in the neighborhood and they're going to come on the show. We're going to have a discussion about this. Uh, my instinctive reaction to the reaction that uh, the South side site got was utter, immediately dismissed in the sun times as impractical Monroe. I have a hard time thinking that Chicago can get, overcome that attitude. I'll boil it down to one word about the South side. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, we can't put it on the South side. Right. No, you know why, Monroe? Yeah, right. Well, because it's black, but it's been that that's existed among the Irish. There was the lace, uh, lace curtain Irish up north and the south side Irish and the lace curtain of Irish up north thought they were way better than the uh, south side Irish yeah. back a hundred years ago and more. So, yeah. I mean, that's been, been the problem, but if Chicago wants to be remain the international city that if it, it likes to think of itself as it is going to have to expand a little bit beyond the the loop. Yeah. Well, I, the the entire history, and we'll get into this when we bring people on. Uh, the entire history development over the last uh, ten years or so between yeah. uh, the north side and this south side area in the southeast side of Chicago has been follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen. The city of Chicago moving industry moving smelly operations, moving toxic operations, moving manufacturing operations out of the north side to the south side so that the north side can be remediated and turned into upscale development. That's what the, that's what the planning schemes of the city of Chicago have been all about for 10 years. So to put a Bears stadium in the region where they've been putting the dump trucks, putting the... Uh, uh, metal shredder companies, putting the steel companies, Monroe, to put a bear stadium there would conflict with the entire pattern of development over the last, I mean, I say 10 years, but it really goes back to the daily years as well. So this is a big obstacle for Chicago to overcome. I don't well, know. Well, the, the, yeah, right. Well, the other thing, of course, is that if they put it there, mm -hmm. you'd have to travel through enemy territory to get there and it'd be all these black people okay see but that's the that, that's about as illogical as the stuff maga says i know you don't believe it but right. first of all you're going on an expressway if you were going out of chicago and you're going to go to michigan let's say you're a wealthy person on the north side you got a summer home in michigan you're yeah. going to go on the same highway that you would take to the bears game it's no different. Yeah. You still except, gotta... except you get off at the, the um, Skyway. You would you get no, off. You wouldn't. You would Possible. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You would exit in uh, whatever New Buffalo, whatever they call it, uh, in Michigan, as opposed to exiting uh, uh, in South Chicago. But the, the you'd still be taking that highway there. But you're married. You're right, Monroe. I guess. Uh, there's that fear that people have. So we'll be following this one, Monroe. I I think it's an obstacle that the Bears, they're not going to sign. I just don't think the Bears will sign on to this. Well, I think they're going to Arlington. I think oh, yeah. they're just playing games. Yeah, that's true. They're, trying, they're trying to get the price is right where they, they can be billionaires um, for for real. Yeah. Hey, so hey. I, I, I think that's what I, I think is going to be Arlington. But I think personally um, of uh, that the old U.S. Steel site would be great. Yeah. I mean, for from a from a visual point of view, they could do do all their 
their expansion in other ways where they want to make money. Uh, and um, Chicago is not going to charge them as much in taxes right away as as they're going to get from um, Arlington as as it now looks. Well, my attitude to Arlington is uh, hold tight, Arlington. I know it's mostly the school boards uh, in and around Arlington Heights uh, that are trying to make sure that the Bears pay their fair share of property taxes right. so that the Arlington Heights and uh, residents don't pay even more to uh, under subsidize the Bears. So hold tight. Uh, I have to admit I'm uh, impressed. I've never seen anything remotely like your vigilance in this matter. Uh, in terms of how you're standing up to the Bears uh, and your own city leaders whose knees are knocking. So uh, keep up the fight, Arlington Heights, and I hope people in Chicago pay attention. All right, we've run out of time, and I think we've lost Monroe anyway. Uh, His connection went down, so I want to thank Monroe Anderson every Wednesday in the Ben Jarowski Show. Also want to thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job, and uh, I think Monroe would agree with me, Chris, when I say give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow the Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram at Benny J Show, and like and subscribe to the Ben Jarofsky Show all over the internet on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.